the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Here's things that are moving my markets today. Drug kingpin El Chapo sentenced to life in prison. He's got to forfeit $12.6 billion. Wow. Drug kingpin was convicted earlier this year of presiding over a vast criminal operation that funneled immense quantities of narcotics, including heroin and methamphetamines, into the United States. The one area that um, I don't think we grow a lot of drugs in the United States because it's super easy to get into the country. So... That's my opinion on problems with immigration and and drugs. We don't have poppy fields. Thus, if we did, we'd probably burn them down or we'd seize them, right? We have a problem with uh, drugs in the United States. But El Chapo, does anyone know his real name? Say hello to my little friend. Joaquin Guzman Lorea. I don't even know what that sound effect was, but it's appropriate. Um, Scarface. He's not Scarface, but he could have been Scarface, right? Which, for the record, that movie did not age well. Incredibly violent, and it was like, it's almost cartoony violence when you watch it at this point in time. So, convicted, life in jail, $12.6 billion. Something tells me, like, the, the movie character in me, or the guy who's watched movies his whole life, that the cartel situation in Mexico is like, woo Now I'm going to be the El Chapo, the drug lord extraordinaire. Um, I know nothing else about this. I can tell you that that seems $12.6 billion. Does crime pay or what? It pays well until you get caught, but it tells you there's something wrong with the system. I knew when I was 18 years old I didn't want to work for AT&T. That was one of my summer jobs, and it kind of motivated me to start my own company sooner rather than later. Having worked for one Wall Street firm, I had the guy come in, and he was like, you should be like me. You should wear Italian shoes, Italian suits, and Italian watches. That wasn't his accent. He was actually all-American, but he was telling me all about how great Italian stuff is. So for the next year, I wore a sweater vest just to spite him. Now, when you're 20-something years old and you're dating, wearing a sweater vest is not exactly the look that's going to get you like the ladies. Mmm... There's not one person in the world who goes, I really like a man in a sweater vest. It's a lot like those, um, the Silicon Valley vest, which the show Silicon Valley totally parodies of a lot of people, a lot of men who wear the wool, I don't even know what they're called, a sweater vest without arms, right? Well, I guess that's a vest, a sweater vest, I guess is what it is. I was wearing sweaters that had no arms, but this is like a jacket kind of thing. And what's really fascinating about that was you can buy them at the airport, so you can, you can fly in from Texas, and you go, well, I'm a big venture capitalist. I need me one of those sweater vests. 
And they actually sell Silicon Valley sweater vests in the airport in concession stands. No, 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 no. What are those? What, what's, what's it called when you go and put in a dollar? A vending machine. In vending machines. Which has me thinking about other things that you could buy in vending machines. Now, have you ever been on the way to the airport and you go to yourself, oh, I forgot my AirPods. Vacation's ruined. Right? Or maybe a more realistic one. Oh, I forgot to pack my makeup. Now people are going to see me waking up looking like a gargoyle. I know you're saying, Rob, do you wear makeup? I do wear makeup. Not because I'm aging poorly, but because I'm on television. Some people age. Some people age like fine wine. Some people age like milk. But when you're on TV, you got to put makeup on. You know why? Because lights are bright. Uh, and it makes you, it pales you out. So if you don't put some powder on to make you look a little bit darker than you are, you look like a white sheet. And if you wear anything sheer, people will see right through it because the light's so intense. So anyway, you're on your way to the airport, and now you know. And you're in an Uber, and you go, oh, I wish I would have downloaded a movie. I wish I would have brought makeup. Oh, I wish I would have brought a car charger. So you know Uber came public 90 days ago, roughly? And I said, they're going to have they're gonna have press releases for the next year. And one of the press releases came out today. And they're basically doing a thing called Cargo, where you can get an Amazon Echo, Apple AirPods, Away luggage, makeup, Oculus Go devices. Things that you would find in a vending machine at an airport. Now, you get 10% back in Uber cash for anything you spend. So it's better than paying for it in a vending machine, in theory. So I, I haven't experienced this yet. Um, and I wonder like how theft is going to work and stuff like that. And I wonder if drivers are going to feel comfortable with it. But there's been times I've been going to the airport and I go, oh, I wish I would have downloaded a movie for the kids. And now the movies will be downloaded for you while you're going to the airport. So the move shows that Uber's trying to get a, a user experience that's better than left. And it's a press release. There's going to be another one coming out in another 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. This was pre-planned. This is what it's like... Good news. I don't know how much of it's going to. I don't know how much of it's going to hit the bottom line. Drivers are going to make one uh, one dollar per purchase and pocket twenty five percent of the cost of each item sold. That's kind of interesting. Um, so it incentivizes the drivers on some levels. Um, I throw that out there in large part because there's going to be another press release. Uber needs drivers. You probably hear of shortages of drivers and. There's things where they turn off their apps during rush hour, and that makes the drivers who are available be able to charge surge pricing. There's a lot of bad news out there, and this is good news. One of the things Uber's eventually going to do is they're going to give their employees, their drivers, are they contractors or the drivers? Are they contractors or employees? California thinks they're going to be employees, and if that happens, Uber stock gets hit hard. Because uh, contractors, you can get away with not paying much. But... Uber's going to eventually come out with more incentives for their employees, their drivers. One of them that's been rumored is a big, fat, whopping 10% interest rate on the money you hold in your your bank account with them. So Uber wants to say, we want you to bank with us. We want you to be a good good citizen because if you go to Bank America, you're going to get nothing on your cash. Maybe one-tenth of 1%, but they're going to give you 10% is rumored. And that, that would make me interested in becoming an Uber driver because 10% is a pretty darn good return. I don't know if the system will work. I don't know if the system will last. I think they'll be paying for it with stock options, not profits. And that, that worries me because that'll hurt the shareholder. But that's out there. So Chipotle Mexican Grill has completely hit its all-time high. 
It's up 300% from its bottom. The restaurant chain touted hot-pressed quesadillas, nachos with queso, guacamole-laden tostados as part of a plan to diversify its menu about a year and a half ago, and none of those things debuted. They just had to put their food quality issue behind them. Stocks run from 250 bucks up to over $760. They didn't have to get correct their menu. They had to get correct their quality. There's a lot of truth in that statement. Um, restaurant uh, impl- uh, patrons are incredibly fickle. If you eat like a gamey steak, you'll never go to that steak restaurant again. They got to get the experience right. It doesn't have to be super fanciest foods. Congratulations, Chipotle. They brought in a CEO two years ago from Yum Brands, from Taco Bell. And congratulations, Taco Bell. That company continues to be cutting edge. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. This is one of the greatest love songs in my mind, just because it's Regina Spector. It breaks my heart. What she does right here. I love creative people. One of the loves of my life was Juliet, and she was a graphic designer, and she got to design annual reports. And I didn't, I didn't end up marrying her. We kind of grew apart as we both started our own companies. Um, and it's sad, because I think she was, she was probably the one that got away for me. Um, it's a top-notch human being. And she designed things for a living, and like, she was very, very creative. And that just is turn-on to me. It's like, that works. So much more than anything else. You could be missing an eye. I'm like, you're the hottest thing I've ever seen. You can have scabs all over your body if you're creative. I don't care. I value creativity. Um, one of my favorite artists is a guy named Hronos Bosch because he painted pictures of, he was paid by the Catholic Church to scare people. So there'd be like an old man dying and underneath his bed is a, uh, a demon getting ready to take his soul to hell. And I'm like, Wow. This was at a time where we didn't have the internet. So, I like Coronas Bosch, Pish Posh goes Coronas Bosch, Goyer, Bausch, Vicelli. Um, I think you should have favorite painters. I think one of the best dates you'd have, speaking of romantic, is there's a painting company. I know there's one in San Mateo, but I know a lot of bars do it too. That you can paint, they'll bring in someone to show you how to paint something super famous like a Starry Night. And it's super easy. And it's super romantic. You have a glass of wine and do it with your loved one. Um, but Juliet, back to her real quick. She's the one that got away. I wasn't ready to marry in my 20s. I, she was the one I should have married. She's the one I should have had kids with, in my opinion. And that's a harsh thing to say because I think there's a reality to it. Um, we instantly clicked. And I did this old trick. We used to, I used to see a lot of live music. And she went to see a lot of live music. And we kind of, I saw her one night. And I was, it was love at first sight. And I made sure that every time she... Um, glanced back at like the exit door or something like that. I, I, I was watching her so to make sure that she saw that like I was making eye contact with her. A little creepy. <laughs> a little creepy. But this is before Tinder. This is before Match.com. I know people who are 25 and under they're like, what do you mean? You met someone in real person before you actually yeah. It was not a swipe right or swipe left kind of thing. So anyway, she designed annual reports. And the whole point of this segment is to say I like creative people, but and in a report, she, um, 
worked for a firm up in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's got a lot of money center banks. So PNC Financial, I think, was from there. And she didn't have, it wasn't inside information, but it wasn't quite released to the public yet either. But it wasn't inside information. It wasn't like key data that it was like financial data. And I'd, I'd look at these and I'm like, that's really well done. And like she, you know, she'd do a little pop out of like, um, she did Coca-Cola on once that said basically if everyone in China had one ounce of Coca-Cola, stock would quadruple. Um, it was a little factoid that she'd put in, things like that. And uh, anyway, that's that. So, oh, everyone should read an annual report. Um, I don't know how easy they are to get because I'm in the business. So I get them. But you could usually call the company or email the company and they'll send one out. Or you can find it online now as a PDF. Why use paper, right? And uh, it's a fantastic read. It, it goes over financials. Every year there's a, a letter from this uh, CEO. And those are fascinating because they're big fluff pieces, right? But inside an annual report, there's something called the risks. And it may say something like, our product, uh, if you're bare right now, it may say, due to the acquisition of um, Monsanto, we picked up a lot of lawsuits, and we probably regret that because we're currently being class action suited. And it'll say something, if the class action suits don't go our way, it could significantly impact business to the point we may not be able to operate. So when you read this stuff, you go, did he just say we may go out of business? And the stock could go to zero? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that about Bayer. I don't know anything about their lawsuits. Um, just some of the stuff that I see in the, the newspapers. But read an annual report. And here's a good one for you to do. Get a Disney annual report or an Activision Blizzard annual report or Electronic Arts. If your kid plays video games, if your kid likes dolls, Mattel. Um, but I know this is a day and age of apps, so Mattel's really struggling, right? But like a Disney one, they'll be like... We happen to have the greatest slate of movies ever. This summer, we will be releasing Aladdin. We will be releasing The Lion King. We will be releasing... And it, like, never ends. A Star Wars movie. That's my impression of Bob Iger. I kind of think he talks like this. Um, but the annual report will lay it all out for you. Now, I have a question, like, The Lion King. I think this is a legit question. Pixar and Disney films, they kill the moms way too often. They kill the dads way too often. It's distressing, but when it's animated, it's like, well, it's just animation. Like, if they were to do a live action of Bambi, would you see Bambi's mother's head get blown off by a, a hunter? Probably not, right? Kids wouldn't be able to handle it. But in an animated show, you see her shot, you see her die, right? <laughs> Sometimes live action may be a little bit, or uh, I don't even know what to call the Lion King. We've seen real actors. It's animation on some sort, but it's it's uh, quality, life quality, lifelike animation versus cartoony animation. But read an annual report with your kid. Um, you know, your kid doesn't have to be great at math. Your kid doesn't have to, you know, be the best soccer player ever. There's a lot of demands on a kid. Um, they don't have to be great with money. Showing them an annual report will not show them great money. It'll teach them how business operates, and that'll be a good life lesson. And you can do it through things that they like, like I said, you know, Call of Duty and Activision Blizzard or uh, whatever the war games are that Electronic Arts makes. And, you know, Epic's not publicly traded, but, you know, their annual report would be all about Fortnite and how much money they're making and how they're going to launch Season 10. Um, and they're doing a World Series eSports right now going on in New York, probably about a week or so. 
So that whole tournament's wrapping up. It's like the World Cup of video games, right? It's a strange world we live in. I'm just here to help guide you through it. I'm Rob Blackhawk and All Things Financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. CFP Chad Burton does the show right before mine. And I got an email from someone recently who was asking, what exactly did Chad say about an annuity? And... I said, well, here's his email address. You can email him. I don't know. And then uh, I talked to the people at New Focus. Um, it's, that's the financial planning firm that Chad and I started 20-plus years ago. Um, long story short, it turns out this guy's been asking questions for the last eight or nine years. And something I want to warn you about, don't try to do what Chad does on your own. I know that sounds like do business with him sales pitch. It's not. It's you're going to hurt yourself. I, someone from New Focus looked into how many times he's contacted the company. And there was like 80 plus attempts to talk to each other, and then that, that's too much. And like he was going to become a client, he didn't become a client. He was going to sign paperwork, he didn't sign paperwork. But he keeps listening, and he, he's like he's trying to do it on his own. Be very cautious if you do it on your own. I don't recommend it to the point that I I'm like you got to cut this guy off because ultimately if you say something like. I say things like, I own shares of Apple. I'm not going to tell you the day I sell shares of Apple. It could be next week. I'm on vacation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm going to sell Apple next week, but you have to be really careful trying to emulate what other people do. It's typically not a very good idea, in my opinion. You have to be very, 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 very cautious on that. Um you know, there's a guy who does a radio show on this station that I've known for years and years and years and years, Mo Ansari. And he runs a company called Compact Asset Management. And 20 years ago, it was pretty interesting because he was on a radio station that I was on. I was getting paid to do radio. He was paying to do radio. And I, I saw him and he told me that I was like, what's, in, what's, what's up with the name Compaq? And... uh his radio show is all about commodities and the fact that he's Pakistani. So he's like, oh, you should go out and buy oil. You know, you should get commodities in your portfolio. Commodities back 20 years ago paid a ton in commissions. And um, I think smartly and wisely, he dropped that from his business model and he kind of became a CFP business model. I don't, I don't listen to his show. I know it's on our station. Um, but I know that he has financial planners on his show. And I know that I, I, it sounded, last time I heard it was probably five plus years ago, and it was a pretty good show. Like, he did a good job uh, producing it, and he has a good sound, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but you have to be very, very careful, because what you don't know can hurt you. Um, one of the things he says, and I, I hate the way he says this, because I hear it in the commercials of, uh, do you know what to do in an up market? Do you know what to do in a down market? I do. That's a little too arrogant for me, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I've known him a long time and he used to be a commodity salesperson. So sometimes things change. And what I'm trying to get at is, is be very, very cautious. Um, whether it's you hear a stock tip from a friend or you, you hear about an option strategy or you hear about, you know, I can pay off my mortgage with an extra payment every month. Yeah, you can, but you don't have to pay someone to do that. Um, you need to come up with your own strategy, in my opinion, and try not to mooch free advice from people because it, it's not it's not good advice when you do that. It's out of it's out of context, out of context with you. 
and out of context when they change their mind and change their opinions. So be cautious. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Now, Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton. Joining me now, Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton. He's with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner. One of the issues on retirement, Chad, I look at risk. There's market risk. There's political risk. There's uh, currency risk. There's headline risk. There's earnings risk. There's inflation risk. There's lots of types of risk. But in retirement, I think there's five. There's timing risk. When do the lower or down returns occur? There's market risk lower overall returns. A lot of people look at the last 10 years and say, uh, people over 60, they're just not going to expose their assets to to risk anymore. And risk equals higher returns Mm -hmm. in theory. Um, There's expense risks. Medical costs go up. Repairs go up. Replacement of cars. There's longevity risk. Risk, you know, you live in too long. Like at some point in time, I want my mom to die because she's becoming more and more expensive as the years go on. I know that sounds horrible to say. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does. You just look like a big jerk. But there's also inflation risk. Yeah. And inflation risk hits seniors more than anyone else because of the cost of health care and Medicare. Right. Well, you have to expose yourself to some risk assets. Otherwise, later in life, you will subject yourself to a much lower lifestyle. The only way you can keep up with inflation is dealing with stocks, commodities, different types of investments. So if we look at inflation risk as an issue, that means part of your portfolio, part of your stock portfolio has to be overseas. The reason why is because when you're earning money, in over you know stocks from other countries or bonds from other countries you're automatically hedging yourself against a falling dollar which is where inflation comes from okay higher commodity prices and a falling dollar causes inflation so in your overall portfolio you need to have of your government bond exposure some of it needs to be in tips treasury inflation protected bonds and of your overall bond exposure a decent portion needs to be in foreign bonds with a good well-known manager that's been doing it for a while and has good risk adjusted returns and of your stock portfolio you've got to have some good dividend paying stocks from overseas as well that's a good way to hedge against inflation um, other risks that we have to hedge against is that that idea of longevity that you talked about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people used to retire thinking they were going to live till 80, 85. Now, I've had uh, three clients make it to past age 100, and I'm sure I'll you have You had a three lot clients more. make it over 100? Yeah. Do you send them a gift? <laughs> I should have. Send them a, a card like, hey, you're over 100, your life must suck. We had a client that uh, at 98 fell off of her ladder cleaning her own gutters. That's crazy. I fell off my ladder. She broke her hip, and she was fine You know, six months later. Wow. Tough old lady. Tough old lady. Yes, she was. She chew leather? So, so, so what's that? She chew leather? <laughs> for breakfast every day. Leather and bacon. Um, but you know, for longevity risk, that's why I say you know, you, you got to have a good portion of your overall income coming from income that you can't outlive. Yeah. Things like uh, pension type income, social security type income, income that's guaranteed from uh, you know either the government or or some sort of a highly rated insurance company. That's your longevity switch. There's actually longevity insurance that's being sold out there now, that kicks in after age 85 and starts paying you a certain amount of money. Um, so there is ways to build that into your overall plan that, that longevity risk. Let me know how much time we have left, Mr. Producer. At some point in time. Timing risk. That, I think it's kind of a, one of the one things that like people don't think about. But like the housing downturn caused a lot of people's retirements just calamity. Yeah, because they had this asset that was appreciated, 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 and then the you know the two thousand six real estate bubble popped, mm-hmm. and the timing it sucked to be a two thousand ten 
time frame, you know, it, I don't know if that makes any sense what I'm trying to say. It does, because, you know, a lot of people, especially in the Bay Area, re- retire with a lot with rental properties, yeah. right? Yeah. And they have to do a very detailed retirement plan with their cash flow um, and saying that, okay, my income I need is here. It's going to go up with inflation every year. And my portfolio is only going to last 15 years. So obviously, I'm going to have to start selling some of my properties. And if that is in real estate, you need to know 10 years ahead of the game before you know you're going to need to sell real estate. Because real estate cycles cycle through every 10 years. So if you're going oh, through... What's that mean? Real estate cycles every 10 years? Every 10 years, from peak to trough to peak to trough. Really? It's always a 10-year type of a cycle. Okay. So um, we're, we're, stocks are very similar, too. I mean, you have you know seven, 70% of the time stocks are up, 30% of the time stocks are down. Bear markets, bull markets tend to last 10 to 15 years at a time. So everything cycles. So you know that, okay, it's, it's uh, 2012. I'm going to have to sell a rental property to replenish my portfolio by 2022, right? Okay. Let's say in five years, you get what's really another real estate bubble, for example. I'm not saying there's going to be one, but it, let's say there is. Let's say everybody and their mom's wanting to buy real estate, no matter what it's doing, and you know you, you're at the top of another price point. Well, you might want to sell that property five years early and take advantage of that dip. In terms of your overall portfolio, to take out the timing risk, the timing risk when you're in retirement is you're living off of your portfolio. So the thing that will kill your returns and kill your chances of a long-term retirement in the long run is if you're selling stocks or bonds in a down market. Both have a lot of risk. In fact, in bonds, there's more risk now than ever that you're going to have to sell in a down bond market because we haven't had a down bond market for many years. And usually when the bond market's down, you get two years of negative returns. And so the only way to hedge against that, you need three years worth of your portfolio draws in cash. That's the only way that you're going to make sure that you don't time the market on the selling side. And uh, after that, every quarter on the upside, peel your gains to replenish the amount of that cash that you've spent. That's how you reduce the risk of timing in retirement. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Have you ever been on your way to the airport? Oh, by the way, check out Chad's new web page, newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of good downloadables there uh, to get you on your way. Have you ever been on your way to the airport and you go, oh, I forgot my AirPods or, oh, I forgot, you know, uh, my cord, my charging cords. That's terrible. You don't want... You don't want to go into the airport and think, like, hey, I, you can get it there, right? In a vending machine. Um, but now Uber is putting cargo stores inside of some of their cars. So while you're taking an Uber to the airport, you'll be able to shop. No way. If they want to sell snacks. About 30,000 Uber drivers in the United States, uh, United States cities have them. Snacks, AirPods, luggage, makeup, um, an Amazon Echo, Oculus Go devices. It's a funny concept, but will it add incremental what? Uh, will it add incremental revenue? I bet it does. You'll get ten percent back in Uber Cash whenever you uh, do a cargo purchase. It's it feels gimmicky, but gimmicky kind of works. You'll be able to buy a movie from Universal Studios for $5 or $10 and bundles for $15 and $20. Um, I kind of like the idea. The move shows that the company's trying to make the riding experience more appealing over competitors like Lyft and Via. Find me online at Rob Black's show. Check out newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, more. One of the things we're going to start hearing about from Boeing is, I don't want to use the word mea culpa's. 
but they've put together a $100 million fund to pay victims, and a lot like the 9-11 fund that paid victims of 9-11. They've put in charge Ken Feinberg, whose job is to figure out what people's dead bodies are worth and what the accident caused financial strain to families. It's a humbling statement, but again, it brings up, this is why I, I do what I do for a living. These are things we don't think about. I had a brother, David, who taught me early on a, a lesson that I keep repeating, and I probably shouldn't because it makes him look like a slime ball. Uh, makes my family look wacky, and we are wacky. We were an interesting family. We were told to debate at dinner, and every night my dad would change the argument. So if one night you had to um, be pro-religion in schools, the next day you had to be against religion in schools. And he was trying to teach us how to see both sides of an argument and how oftentimes it's not a black and white world. It's a world of overlap and gray. And to this day, I still see that. But one of the things he taught us to do was to like learn to argue. And my brother David went on to become a pretty successful lawyer. He's now a judge. It's pretty cool to say that a brother in your family is a judge. And he's, he's an awesome go-to guy. I've got a couple go-to guys. I've got a police officer friend that if me or any of my friends get into legal issues, I could run it by them. I was on the Embarcadero maybe four or five months ago, and a bicyclist said I hit him. I didn't hit him. And uh, later that day, he went to the police and said that I, I fled the scene, and I didn't. I, I, I talked to him for two minutes at a stoplight, and I said, do you want me to pull over? And he goes, uh, he didn't say anything. So eventually, I drove off. But before I drove off, he drove off. And I got video of him driving off because in my head, my brother David was saying, make sure you get a video that he's okay. Um, so I took a video of him driving off. And, of course, 30 days later, there's a police report. The officer calls me and says, hey, you're in a lot of trouble. You fled the scene. You may lose your license. I said, I didn't flee the scene. I, I, I didn't hit the guy. I, I was afraid that he was trying to scam me. And long story short, I think he's trying to scam me. So I've got a friend who's a police officer that I called. And I said, what should my statement, what should I say? He said, exactly that. If you didn't hit him, say I didn't hit him. Oh, and you got a video of him driving off? And he said, you fled the scene? He just lied to a police officer. I've got a brother who's a judge, a friend of mine who used to work on my radio a TV show years and years and years ago, 20 years ago. He got super drunk one night, and he's 38 years old or 36 years old, somewhere in that, that area. And him and his buddies are like surfer buddies down in, in Venice area. He got super drunk, and uh, I, I guess he could say he's kind of like that, you know, the crew from Jackass. You know how they do these crazy stunts? Skateboarders and surfers do crazy stunts. I know that's not a crazy world. But he decides to jump off his balcony, and he actually landed on someone and probably messed up her life. I don't know the story. And he called me up, and he said, you know, I might be in trouble. And I said, well, let me give you a friend. And I gave him my brother, because my brother used to do this for a living. You know, my brother did ambulance chasing at one point in time before he became a judge. He's done murder cases. He's done criminal cases. But... In an ambulance case, chaser case, you got to find out how much someone's worth. You know, when I was 18 years old, someone rear-ended my car, and the insurance company said, that's worth $3,000. And um, I called my brother. He said, yeah, that's typically what it is. He said, but the problem is, you know, in 30 years from now, you still have problems with your neck. You're going to say it was worth a lot more than $3,000. And my brother Dave, long story short, this was the lesson that he taught me. And you should, everyone should have people like this in their life. A police officer friend. Um, a judge, maybe an attorney who's willing to, you know, for poops and giggles. Like I've got a guy who does insurance, who sues insurance companies for basically trying to settle on, you know, 
lowballing you. And I've referred many people to him, and he gives free advice. But my brother Dave said when I was 16 years old, he, and I know he was kidding, but at the same time, you, could, you know there's some truth in this. He said, if you ever you know, run someone over with your car, put it in reverse and make sure they're dead. And you're like, whoa. He goes, a dead person is worth a lot less than an injured, maimed person. Now, that's not investment advice, but at the same time, it tells you something about our system. So Boeing's going through this now, where they've appointed an attorney to basically say, how much is a dead person worth? Um, Boeing's going to have to change the name of that plane. I, I can tell you that they don't want American Airlines, Southwest, anyone who flies a plane doesn't want their customers on the plane going, let's say it's the year 2020 and the, the plane's been approved to get back in the air. And they don't want anyone saying, uh, I wonder if this 737 Boeing Max is going to crash like the other ones did. They don't want the stewardess to overhear it. They don't want the pilots to overhear it. They don't want the customers to overhear it. And yet people would say it. So you got to change the name. You know, they, I jokingly refer to, like, Marlboro. They changed their name to Altria because Marlboro, when the Marlboro man died of cancer, lung cancer, it was kind of like, whoa, that's a cancer stick they're selling. It's no longer just a cigarette. It's no longer a cigarette. It's, it's a cancer stick. So Marlboro changed its name to Altria. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, Kraft, has probably killed more people than cigarettes have. Um, and I kid, but we are a fat nation who has heart disease and diabetes, and it's, it's taken toll on us. They changed their name to Mondelez because Kraft is almost uh, a dirty word. Are you with me against me? Goldman Sachs raised its price target on Apple to $187 from $171. Issue there is it's over $200 right now. Goldman Sachs upgraded Hershey to neutral from sell. That's like kissing your sister. Um, sell to neutral? Neutral's not that good. Foreign purchasers of American homes plunged 36% as Chinese buyers flee the market. Interesting. A couple years ago, we were talking about the Chinese were buying up as many assets outside their country as they could. Oh. Macri downgraded Wells Fargo to neutral from outperform. I own shares of Wells Fargo, and that one has been disappointingly sideways for two or three years. Wish I didn't have it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Check out the new website, newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.